Brian, finally the best manager on the podcast. I'm in, I'm in the pits right now, but you are flying high. I am jealous. I, I want to be you. You have a better haircut and a uh, better overall rank right now. Hey, there's a first time for everything bucks, specifically on the OR. The haircut, yeah, I got the fade going. I mean, it only took you getting addicted to taking three consecutive hits. Plus, you know, I needed all the COVID luck to swap spots with you, but I'll take it for now. Hey, there's still a lot of season left, but I got a ways to go and I got to get out of this uh, FPL hits rehab that I'm in. I'm, I'm trapped. Let's, let's do the episode. Know, let's I'm, dive you're, in. You're, you're shaking. You're shaking from withdrawals because you haven't taken a hit yet for the upcoming game week. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Let's dive in. Let's all right. Do all right. Let's do the damn thing. Blue is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast, where your hosts, Bucks and Brian, check in from the US of A to discuss what is a crazy time in the Premier League, and it's having some major impact on the fantasy Premier League game. Brian, how'd it go for you this weekend? COVID be damned, Bucks. I actually had a decent game week, so I got a little bit lucky having some uh, some top-level players show out this weekend, but in general, I'm just holding out hope for all the Boxing Day fixtures to come to fruition. So keep your uh, your extra present that you wanted underneath the tree for a box full of fixtures instead. Absolutely. And we had some good calls, and then we had some evil eye putting on certain players in the Premier League. We titled <laughs> last episode Ali Oop in homage to one of our favorite FPL and real-life players, Ali Watkins. And he was actually the most popular FPL transfer target going into game week 18. But lo and behold, right as the transfer deadline, the initial transfer deadline, I should say, passes, his game versus Burnley is canceled due to a COVID outbreak in the Villa side. So I was one of the managers who brought him in. I got a fat zero from that move. And oh, bucks. it was brutal. I mean, this this has been just a, a difficult time for FPL managers. You just have to brush it aside and enjoy the matches that you can watch. But it's a cruel, cruel game right now. And I woke up at 5 a.m. to check my phone quick on the West Coast. And I saw your message like, oh, the game got canceled. And I did not have my brain fully switched on because I had not taken a hit yet. I should have taken a hit to move Watkins to Lacazette. And that would have netted me one additional point this game week, which would have been you know, relatively helpful. So tough times when the podcast listeners go to check the receipts and check the tape, they'll see that we were shouting out the names of Phil Foden and Ollie Watkins because they were hot commodities and they had games and uh, that those predictions didn't go so hot, did they for us bucks? They didn't, but we're going to recap some predictions that did go really well and went the complete opposite way. Hell yeah. Let's dive into it. There were only four matches due to the kind of COVID carnage going around the Premier League. And for some managers like myself, it was pretty bad and it got ugly at points. And there were some green arrows to be had for ambitious managers that were close to fielding a full side like Brian. So with that, let's recap our performances from game week 18. And then, as always, we will shout out the top manager in the FPL Blues podcast, Super League Ryan, you you bested me. You take it away this game week. Two straight green arrows for your boy. Happy to report that I had 62 points and got an 18K 
green arrow heading into the Boxing Day fixtures. I'm now sitting at 71K overall. So a couple big weeks for me and really had some kind of optimism around my team going into this one because I had double Chelsea, triple Liverpool and triple City. And uh, those players did the business. And so I think a lot of FPL managers had, you know, scores kind of near the 50 point range because they owned those types of uh, players. So looking at my squad, Alonzo was a big nine point player for me, uh, getting the clean sheet versus Wolves and max bonus. So he has come good over the last two weeks where last week he got subbed early and locked in that Chelsea clean sheet for six and then comes in with a nine pointer. So that was super helpful and big at the back again. Cancelo, oh, those who captained him and, uh, you know, my hat is tipped to those, those managers, 18 point haul, a goal, easy assist to Diaz, because again, like we were shouting on the pod, Newcastle is just utterly terrible on defense. And, uh, they, they proved that to be true once again. So he ends on 18 points elsewhere in my team. I got returns from Rafinha, another PK, and he's a guy that now has scored, you know, he's trickling into points, just like he has done in the seasons past. And he's actually a really good penalty kick taker. So I'm happy to own him, especially even if Bamford comes back, I think he might stay on pens. He's three for three this season. And he got kind of unexpected goals for me versus the likes of Arsenal and uh, Chelsea. And then Jota with seven points. So overall happy with my results. I fielded a, a team of nine men. The Watkins transfer from Antonio to Watkins didn't pay out, but Sometimes you got to get a couple extra hours of sleep. And this was a rare one that I didn't have to be up at 4.30. So I, I slept in and cost myself uh, one extra point that I could have got for moving Watkins a Lacazette. But overall, pretty happy. All right, enough about me, Bucks, and my successes. I know you're getting tired of that for a couple of weeks here on the pod. Let's talk about your scorecard. It's uh, good to see at least one of us got some beauty sleep and a green arrow because I definitely did not. And I... <laughs> really took it in a bad way. I had a hit for the third game week in a row. And this game week was particularly brutal. I end up with 44 total and a minus four to net 40 points. This is my second straight massive red arrow. I'm down uh, 46K uh, outside the top 10K to 111,000 overall rank. And considering I was at 20,000 in the world uh, less than a month ago, this is like a really painful spot to be in. I am sliding really badly the wrong direction. And I'm you're, down, you're, you're going you're going down one of those crazy kamikaze slides at the water park. That's just a straight precipitous downhill descent. Oh, I'm, I'm in full I'm, on, I feel for you. I'm in full on free fall and I am solidly the worst manager on the podcast at this point in time. Uh, we got to throw you, we got to throw you a, a, a life jacket that is like a bulletproof one. So it can't take that extra hit that you want to take this upcoming game week. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's a sorry state of affairs when you look at your team and you realize that if Mo Salah, who's been by far and away the best FPL player this season, if he didn't play for Liverpool in this game week, I would have had a much higher score because I vice captained Cancelo, who went big, and Mo Salah gets his second blank of the season, which uh, is an amazing stat for him. Unfortunate for my FPL team, the timing of it. And uh, once again, my transfer move just totally went bonk. I brought in Watkins and Foden. Neither of them see the pitch. Watkins, his game gets postponed, as we mentioned. Foden is in trouble for some disciplinary issues off the pitch. And so neither of them even 
get subbed into the match. So that leaves me with only seven active players and at least my four defenders all hauled because uh, again, I didn't really have anywhere close to a whole team. So Cancelo 18, Trent seven, Reese James with six and Rudiger with five. Pretty much. I was, I was on the streets begging for points uh, everywhere else in my team. I would love to give you a few points because you've, you've just been incredibly unlucky. I think over the last few weeks, you know, I think you've taken maybe one of those hits wasn't really that justified, but the last two weeks has just been, you got to chalk it up to being unlucky really with the COVID outbreaks and bringing in players who are top quality and not having them play a minute is just, it's unexplainable other than just damn you COVID damn you. Yeah. And you know what? I'm still, I'm still about where I think I can make a, a serious push. I started the season at about 120 K overall uh, after that huge game week one performance for most of the FPL game, I ended up on triple digits. I know you did too. And so I was making a steady climb. Now I just have to kind of reset and hopefully the holidays will bring some cheer to my FPL side as we look ahead to future game weeks and future success. Yeah. I would say some of the points in time where you've lost rank over the last couple of weeks can be easily um, made back up given that we're going to have some crazy double game weeks, some back-to-back double game weeks, there's going to be opportunities for you to make up those points. And I think, again, you know, looking at both of us being at the kind of the halfway points and being, you know, 70K and 110K OR, you know, we're still shooting for top 10K this season. I think that's 100% Absolutely. still realistic. There's tons of season we've played. We have all of our chips. And so, you know, we have to kind of look, look ahead to the next game week and uh, be optimistic about it. But I will say, you know, again, I got lucky this game week because I did go with uh, captaining Phil Foden as my differential. And I was I knew that this Newcastle fixture was going to be so juicy for for Manchester City. And ultimately, Foden doesn't come on for a minute. And I was uh, I was shouting, thank you, Cole Palmer, for not uh, for being the third and final city. So <laughs> I was damn, like, I was dreading you. I was dreading you, that Cole Palmer. I was dreading that cameo for one pointer from from uh, Phil Foden, but you know, Cancelo in hindsight was was the city player to go for, and I, you know, we did see some uh, brave captainers of him across the uh, the Twitter the Twitter FPL sphere. And all right, let's uh, let's move on though, Bucks. We got another game week ahead of us, so let's shout out the manager of the game week before we get ahead of ourselves, and that is for the fourth time, Dennis Home, incredible his squad, Denmark won. I'm glad we're not giving out prizes for a manager of the game week every week. This guy would be racking up some serious, uh, some serious prizes from us. So he's the top scoring manager this week and he used his free hit, interestingly enough, and he tuned up 71 points. And so Amazing. he had contributions from Cancelo. And then he also brought in Diaz, which was a great shout. He gets a goal and a clean sheet in that one for 12 points. Jota TAA, Odegaard, all seven points. Reese James, six points. Lacazette, five points. So very successful move using his free hit. And he had a 215K green arrow. Congratulations. Incredible, Dennis. And worth mentioning, the game week average was a lowly 39. So both Brian and I beat that average. Uh, me, just by, Congrats, uh, Bucks. Congrats. By, a, by a little <laughs> single point, I'll take it. But Dennis just actually smashed it out of the 
out of the park. So uh, really congrats to Dennis. His team has consistently featured a number of differential options and he's been bold and he's been rewarded. I mean, we're only in game week 18 thus far and Dennis has won the manager of the game week four times. So Dennis, we'll get your address at the end of the season. We will definitely be rewarding you in some way for this standout uh, starlit performance that you're putting on. Whoa, 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 Bucks. That's making a lot of assumptions. You know, there's still half a season to go. We could have some other people catch up to him for manager of the game week. So we still got a whole whole rest of the season before we award him and crown him. Put it in stone. Put it in the papers, Dennis. You'll be getting something. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll dive into the top scores from game week 18 and also discuss some breaking news in the Premier League. Top scores of the game week. Let's get into it, Bucks. Game week 18 was led by an 18-point haul from Jao Cancelo. Comes off of his suspension for accumulating yellow cards, and he looked absolutely fantastic. This was actually his first goal of the season, and he's been taking a lot of long-range efforts from outside the box, and it was a, a thing of beauty to see him turn up the fields and just put in a great goal from about 30 yards and this guy has been absolutely nailed in Pep's side, which has been interesting to see that he's only missed one game this whole season. He looked incredible. That was an absolute rocket of a goal. It was a wonder strike. And it was funny, if you watch the replay, the referee is actually doing his best to get out of the way too, because the ball is just <laughs> moving so damn fast. I thought that there was going to be singe marks on the back of the net, the way that that hit the netting uh, after going just right into beautiful placement, top corner of the goal. Uh, he also gets an assist. This might've been the easiest assist on what is a real giveaway goal at Newcastle. The player just kind of whiffed at heading the ball within the six yard box and Cancelo. Bucks, he thought he thought he had the ups that you and I think we do when we go play basketball these days. Now that we're in our thirties, he, he thought he was going to get that springboard out and head that out of the way. And it just goes right over him. And Diaz is just standing in, in front of an open net and oh, uh, heads it in. It was pathetic. He needed to uh, hit the pump on his Reebok pumps a couple more times if he was going to get anywhere close <laughs> to that ball. And that was just a pure communication between defender and goalkeeper. And it's a signal of kind of how things are going for Newcastle overall this season. Um, they just can't catch a break and they weren't going to catch one this match. This was just pure domination by city and worth mentioning. This is the second game week in a row where Manchester city players are the top scorers for FPL, but also are just littering the kind of team of the game week. Uh, they had a number of players as top scorers in their position in game week 18, which were just concluding. And they also had that mark in game week 17 uh, last game week. Let's move on. Next one. Yeah, I actually just wanted to shout out that Cancelo in this game started at right back. He's very much the best asset from Manchester City this season because he can play left back or right back. So in this one, um, Kyle Walker was out. So he slides over to the right. Zinchenko comes in, plays on the left. And it's just having that versatility is huge uh, for Kinsella owner. So he's, he's very much a player like Trent, who I believe is going to stay in your FPL side for the rest of the year. Moving on, let's talk about a player who is not in very many FPL sides. And that is Gabriel Martinelli. The Brazilian youngster comes in with a brace two goals and three bonus points versus Leeds. This is a player who 
truly looks like he's got the pace and the ferocity on the attack to completely displace bringing OBS back into the squad. Bucks, what did you see from Martinelli? He looked incredible. He was the most advanced player on average for the Arsenal side, him and Saka. They're both technically playing wing positions in Arteta's side with Lacazette kind of holding down the number nine role. But both Saka and Martinelli actually on average were taking up more advanced positions than Lacazette. Martinelli, he's owned by less than 5% of the game. And I think if Arsenal do in fact have a fixture against Norwich in game week 19, he will be a very popular pick. He's currently 5.3 million. So you can't get more budget and with upside than Gabriel Martinelli. And he's just in spectacular form. I really rate the way he's playing. And he also, just to give some credit to the advanced stats, he had the highest non-penalty expected goals for this game week. So he was taking a lot of shots. He was taking a lot of big chances and he was delivering it. So I I really rate uh, the way he plays. And I think this is a good jumping off point to just say that I'm pretty impressed with Mikel Arteta and Arsenal in general. They're doing a really good job. Brian, you mentioned they're missing Aubameyang, who I would think would was expected to be their top goal scorer coming into this season. He's not even playing. He's already been stripped of his captain's responsibility. And they're just churning along. They look like they're a great side for FPL returns. And they look like they're probably a solid team to compete for a top spot uh, with European football next season. I I definitely rate the job that Arteta has done this season. And you got to give some props to Arsenal's brass for giving him time to grow this group of youngsters to grow their confidence to get some reps together i know the beginning of the season you know people are thinking arsenal is going to be a dumpster fire this year and they've really come good they've been winning a lot of their matches and playing some pretty attacking football martinelli at his price 5.3 i think if you have a 4.5 pound midfielder and you're looking for depth now is the time to upgrade and snag him especially if he continues to get starts He's going to rise in value, which will be helpful for you later on. And he's just a great player to you know, start in easy fixtures and have on your bench when you need to call upon him. And let's be honest, we all need a, a friend in a, in a guy like Martinelli coming off our bench right now. Last Ain't, season, that, the truth. A, Ain't that the truth, Brian? We all, we preach, all could really preach, use an FPL right? friend right about now. Yeah, I know. So he is a player last year who had a really high expected goal involvement in very limited minutes. And He's already got seven returns in only 600 minutes this season. Truly incredible because he went through a stretch. I'm just pulling up his page here. Game weeks three to game weeks 12, he played less than 15 minutes, right? So now he's really coming into form and he has this opportunity to become nailed in the side. And I think that's one thing we've seen under Arteta is if you continue to perform, he will start you. He will continue to start you. And I think... ESR scores again. He comes on for 11 minutes and gets a six-point haul for owners. Uh, Just a dream midfield situation at Arsenal with a lot of young guys who are very cheap in FPL this season. So enjoy it while you can because they're going to be closer to seven and a half million, eight million next season. Yeah, and they're all contributing, which is pretty wild. I mean, uh, there are a lot of teams which don't have even one FPL relevant player, and Arsenal's midfield has uh, four just in, in that one position. We don't even, you know, get to talk about Ramsdale, who's playing out of his mind this season, or some of their defensive assets who are really delivering. So, in- impressive showing from them, and on an FPL front, they're way undervalued. 
All right, moving ahead, let's take a look at a few of the other top performers, which include Ruben Diaz and Riyad Mahrez. Each get 12 points apiece. And these guys are just points machines when they play. I think Mahrez is one of my favorite players that uh, I would never want to really have in my FPL side. I always tinker with it, Bucks, and you just call him trash. But he, when he plays on the city side, he gets a lot of points. So he's, he's a player that you're probably not going to bring in unless there's a few injuries to the midfield. But Diaz, I think, is, you know, if I look at my team, I have three city. I have Foden, Bilva, and Cancelo. I would much rather own Ruben Diaz the rest of the season over Bilva just given how deep the midfield is. And now he's playing deeper with KDB occupying some, um, some of the space higher up on the pitch. Bill was playing a deeper role and Diaz is just going to rack up these six pointers all season and be pretty good value for his price tag at 6.1 or 6.2 right now. I completely agree. I think that Chelsea have looked like they've kind of fallen off the pace and city have recorded the most clean sheets uh, that they've ever done at this point in the season. So their defensive wow. unit has really, wow, really, yeah, they've come together in a real way. And Ruben Diaz and Cancelo look like, in fact, the now the double up that's worth backing. So just big takeaways from this game week, FPL wise, Liverpool city and Arsenal seem like the three teams. I know we've had phases where Chelsea and West Ham looked like they were in that same category. Um, but I think, They've re- around the festive fixtures, those three teams, City, Liverpool, and Arsenal, are really differentiating and distinguishing themselves as the best places to target potential double and triple ups for FPL returns. Good shout there, Bucks. Taking a look at some of the updates around the Premier League, Bucks, I know you've been scouring Twitter. Give the people the information they need here because uh, You've, you've been across it all. So what are we seeing here for an update coming into Boxing Day and just uh, some of the fixtures after that? Yeah, so the most critical breaking news is that the Premier League, all 20 teams came together, including the leadership of the league, and they have voted to march ahead with the festive fixtures and not pause the season. What this means for FPL is that game week 19 uh, following Christmas, Boxing Day, is going to be going ahead this weekend as planned. and. Oh, hallelujah, Bucks. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad and I'm grateful that that's going to give me a break from some family time. However, that is going to be <laughs> detrimental to my FPL team because I could really use a pause. But what this means is that there's definitely going to be more matches that end up being postponed and double game weeks. Uh, the first of which is actually just being released is going to be coming about for game week 22. That is now confirmed because the second piece of news coming out of this meeting is that the FA Cup, the Football Association of England, has decided to eliminate any replay matches from their League Cup, which is going to mean that game week 21 and game week 22 potentially could now become double game week. So that's really important for FPL managers to know at this point in time, because we need to start planning our transfer moves moving forward and also be aware of which teams you might want to be targeting to bring in their players for double game weeks, which means you play two games in the course of one game week. So really important to note that and to be aware of that moving forward. Yeah. And one of the best in the business to follow is at Ben Krellen on Twitter. He's the master of the spreadsheets. He examines every single match for every single team happening throughout the season. And so he's the must follow 
to make sure that you're up to date on the double game week schedules. And, um, you know, as they kind of develop, uh, we'll hear more from the official FPL app, but he's the go-to in terms of basically he, he color codes things and puts the exact likelihood that this will become a double game week for a specific team. And so that's very helpful if you're as nerdy as we are, and we're looking at all these spreadsheets and moving players around that are playing in this game week, but not this one. So we're going to transfer them out and all the rest, but um, definitely give him a follow. He's a top guy who's been doing it for years. Yeah. He's an FPL fixture tracker planner, Excel savant for sure. Um, we've got through the good news. The bad news is uh, with matches. Oh no, going, no bucks. Bad news. Uh, I, mean, I this can't, is like I can't my handle FP- any more bad news. This is not as bad as my FPL score, but it's, it's right in that same <laughs> category um, with the matches going forward. That means that teams that do have current COVID outbreaks are potentially looking at missing this match on Boxing Day or in game week 19. There are four clubs that have serious outbreaks right now, Burnley, Chelsea, Villa, and Brentford. So three matches right now are in question, and that's Everton traveling to Burnley, Chelsea traveling to Villa, and Brentford at Brighton. So just things to monitor as we look ahead to game week 19. I think with that, we can stop the discussion of COVID and blank and double game weeks for the time being. Let's look ahead at game week 19 and just discuss what we're most looking forward to on boxing day and you know, what matches we might be targeting for some uh, late and belated Christmas presents. I've been a good boy this year, Buck. So I think I deserve a few FPL Christmas presents under the tree and uh, looking at boxing day, they're going to be all the matches are happening except for Manchester United play the on the 27th. So, so many matches to go through and, I think there's five matches on at once. If I'm, if I have that right. Yeah. There's yeah, it's five chaos. matches at once. So, chaos. Yeah. So goal rush and the group chats can be popping off. So hopefully you can take some time away from family and watch all of those matches. because It's going to be a great time. So I think IRL man city versus Leicester. I think that's going to be a very interesting match. We haven't seen Leicester in a few weeks. And so hopefully they've gotten over their COVID scare throughout their camp, but Manchester City looks like to be in full force right now, and they they'll have fresh legs and Foden and Grealish and um, other players rounding into form. So, I, at the Etihad, I still think this could be easily a four-one uh, game for City, given how leaky Leicester's been. What are your thoughts on this one, Bucks? You know, Brendan Rodgers has really been a foil for Pep over the last few seasons. Uh, Leicester have been a team that, in seasons past, even when City are winning the cup, they have given them a run for their money. So I think this is going to be a great match. And I think that Vardy might be a popular transfer move. Uh, Looking ahead, Leicester might have some double game weeks we need to talk about. But there are two matches that I think jump off the fixer schedule that if they happen are the best ones to target for FPL returns. That is Leeds traveling to Anfield to play against a motivated Liverpool side who... Yeah, Liverpool recently dropping points against Spurs. So if they want to be a serious title contender, they're going to need to be vacuuming up these results against these lesser teams every opportunity they have. So I expect big showing from Liverpool. Mo Salah, I think he's going to get back on track uh, with an FPL and real-life haul. And second is Arsenal. They travel to Norwich. You know, we've beaten up a bunch on Norwich this season. They're definitely much improved under the new manager, Dean Smith, but 
they're still not up to par with many of the top clubs and even mid-table clubs in the Premier League. So I expect Arsenal assets, if you have them, you're going to be a pretty happy FPL manager at the end of that fixture as well. Yeah, it's a bit tricky for the Arsenal situation because if you don't have any of their assets, um, we see a lot of managers on Ramsdale, but if you don't have their other assets, this is a great fixture for them uh, versus Norwich, but then they have Wolverhampton, City, Tottenham in the next three after that. So, you know, hopefully you're bringing on the likes of Martinelli or um, Smith Rowe, who are players that you can bench when they do play these stout defenses. Um, So just something to consider if you're thinking about transferring in Lacazette, for example, I think it's a good opportunity for him to maybe score points, but I'm not very bullish when he's playing Wolves and City and Tottenham the, the weeks following. So I would lean towards their midfielders for sure if you're going to pick one of those players. Yeah, just one last thing about Arsenal. Uh, Brian mentioned the tricky fixtures. You know, they play City, and then they could have a double game week with Spurs and Chelsea. So that's really like getting in all of your punishment in a short window. Uh, Again, I think they could probably score against Spurs and against Chelsea in its current iteration, but those are three pretty brutal matches to go back to back to back. So uh, buyer be warned. To, to, To me, Bucks, this sounds like a lot of saves. And bonus points for Ramsdale is what it sounds like if that becomes their double game week uh, sandwich in between these other matches. But we'll try not to get too involved in projecting out the double game weeks. But once that information is revealed, we'll be uh, potting nonstop about it. So we'll keep you updated. All right. With that, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some listener questions. Community questions. We've got a mailbag full of questions. Thank you for sending them along to us. And we're going to give you our semi-expert analysis right now here on the Pod Bucks. Let's start with Corey's question who asks, with double game weeks potentially in line for game week 22 and maybe even game week 21, what is your recommendation to prepare for these opportunities for FPL managers to spike a lot of points? Bucks, you want to take this one? Sure. So there's just one important thing that I think should be put out there for new managers before we dive into the double game week conversation. And that is we're approaching the halfway point of the FPL and Premier League season, which means that the second wild card that FPL managers have in play is now going to be active starting in game week 19. Now, obviously with COVID raging and there only being a single game week at this point in time and so much unknown, I wouldn't advise hitting the wildcard button straight away, but with the double game weeks potentially starting to mount up and be locked into the schedule, it starts to be time where you need to think about your chip strategy. You know, does it make sense to maybe wildcard going into game week 21 with a number of double matches and then bench boost? So you have a full 15 player squad number of them are having two fixtures, then maybe you bench boost. So you have max playing guys uh, at this point in the season and then get all their points all at once. Uh, That's a potential strategy. Another popular strategy is to wildcard and then maybe free hit or wild or free hit and then bench boost. It all depends on what your team looks like right now. But best case scenario, if you can 
bank the transfer this game week, or more importantly, bank the transfer next game week, then you're going to be in a really strong position to use some free moves to adjust your team to target some of these double game weeks. So I would definitely want to be captaining someone with a double game week in game week 21 or 22, just to chase that upside. And really everything else is team dependent at this point in time. Yeah. I think rule of thumb right now is you just have to wait, you know, don't use your chips until we have official information, because even though these are going to be tempting double game weeks in 21 and 22, again, potentially, there are going to be even more double game weeks later in the season. And we know COVID is still evolving situation. So I would lean towards saving and banking a transfer if you can. And so you can have maybe two free transfers and a minus four, and then you can get in three players who all have double game weeks um, as a planning you know, structure. So if you can try and hold off of those chips until we have more information and Again, the the wild card is like, you know, it's like being reborn. You get you can get, pick a whole new team of 15, but if you're actually looking at your squad and you're going to make less than 8 changes, I don't know if your team of 15 needs to be wild carded. So, there's some planning and some patience because once you pop that cherry, you're not going to be able to get it back. Sheesh, that was vivid. Let's go to the next question. <laughs> That's from Bogdeep who asks, "Who's the best pick from Tottenham Hotspurs?" Harry Kane or Hyungman Sung? And before I ask and let Brian answer this question, I really want to just note that in watching that Liverpool game, Antonio Conte has finally really gotten his fingers deep into crafting what's going on with this Tottenham side. He employed a 3-5-2 with two out and out strikers and really eight defenders and the goalie. And that saw young men song playing as kind of the advanced true second striker. I think in his earlier matches before they had the COVID outbreak and some time to really do training, they were playing a three, four, three with song playing deeper into midfield and not really as attacking. So Sun is now hitting form and their fixtures are just starting to open up in a real way. And he has goals in three straight games which they've actually played. And uh, for me, he he's the clear, clear choice. He's cheaper. And I know Kane gets a, a nice goal against Liverpool, but uh, you know, he easily could have gotten a red card and the story looks very different. So Brian, what's your take here? I mean, overall Conte, he was being reported that he was holding very intense, you know, very physical training matches with any of the players that were available for the last couple of weeks leading into this one. And Bucks, I know you were, um, very bullish that Liverpool is going to blow the doors off of them in this one. And I, I was giving Conte a little bit more respect in the Spurs defensive shell, a little bit more respect. And honestly, watching this match, I mean, this was the most entertaining match for me of the weekend. Uh, again, it helps when we have less matches and all the eyes are on that one. But that match was a roller coaster. It had everything you could have wanted. And honestly, I think Spurs should have won that match. I feel like Liverpool should feel very fortunate that they got a draw in that one because there were some blown opportunities. It took a miracle save, not a miracle save, but it took a big save from um, from Liverpool's goalkeeper, Allison to keep Delhi out of the goal. And it was just a, a wonderful match. So a lot of respects to these new managers who are coming in and really turning the ship around. Yeah, I, I have to say that Spurs were hard done to not get the three points. It probably should have ended 4-2 uh, as the final scoreline. Um, but honestly, my big takeaway was this was the best match of the season thus far it, to my eyes. I, I know there weren't as oh, many wow. matches. There weren't as many matches this game week. So, you know, you were kind of thirsting for more, more FPL, for more just 
footy to watch in general, but this match checked all the boxes. There were some intense moments with some heavy tackles, some questions around the refereeing, but when the actual ball was on the pitch and being played, it was just out and out really intense. And uh, it was really entertaining. I, I would have liked to see one of these teams take the three points. And I think um, to your credit, Spurs were, were the better team on the day, despite uh, the draw. Yeah. You have to be optimistic if you're a Spurs fan for the rest of the season. Now that Conte is deploying more of his strategy in this one, you know, VVD is out with COVID, right? So you're, you're really losing one of the top defenders in the world who helps keep track of those and keeps those, um, those strikers on, on the line. Right. So Liverpool continued to play a high line and they were getting past uh, behind them. So I thought it was interesting to see with the two up top, Sonny boy is hundred percent, the attacking assets own so much cheaper than Kane and is really just going to tick along with the points. He's on some corners and he's a player that a lot of managers are earmarking when Salah quote unquote, goes to African Cup of Nations, TBD on that, but he's a natural replacement to downgrade that spot in your team to Sun. But if you can get him earlier than that, he's he's a differential. And that's why I was so bullish on him earlier this season before they had their matches canceled. Yeah, one last point. Spurs are looking like they're going to have a double game week in 22, and they are one of the clubs that potentially could have it in 21 as well. Um Again, we mentioned they have some, they don't have the easiest fixtures in that window, but, you know, I think that Sun with two opportunities to get returns is going to be a a really nice uh, option to have in your FPL side. I think this dovetails really nicely to our next question, which is from PV. He's asking about Man United. We haven't seen that team in a long time either. Um, You know, Spurs coming off COVID outbreak, Man United are dealing with one and hopefully going to be back for that Newcastle match on Monday after Christmas. Is it worth having any Man United players at this point for FPL? And if so, who's who's your pick, Brian? Look, it's obviously a very complex situation because Ronaldo is going to get FPL points. He's going to be a very heavily owned asset because there are also so many Manchester United fans who play FPL around the world. However, it requires you to really shift around your whole formation, your bench to bring him in. He's so expensive. And at this point in the season, we've seen that the more potentially active players that you can have and maybe spreading out the funds a bit can make up for his six to nine points that he's going to be bringing in in some of these matches. So definitely an interesting one to watch. If they have you know great double game week fixtures, you might have to move heaven and earth to bring them in. But at this point, I'd much rather spread some of those funds around and get two high quality players in your lineup instead. Funny you say that the potential double game weeks for Man United, uh, they might have two as well. They would be looking at Wolves and Brighton in game week 21 and Villa and Brentford in 22. Again, this is not fully confirmed as of yet. This is just projected. But uh, does that change? Very interesting. Does that change your thinking at all around Ronaldo? If your team structure allows it to easily get him in, he's one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. So he's going to get points. I'm just a little bit wary of their form leading into this. And if he's going to be able to overcome a few rests in there as well, the first potential double game week that you mentioned for 21 of Wolves and Brighton, those are two pretty good teams. I don't see him getting braces in those matches, maybe maybe a goal. But game week 22, Villa and Brentford, those should be a little bit more open. Again, I just think that 
right now I, I just need more active bodies on my team that can actually do something and aren't 4.5 squatters. And so I, I'm more, more bullish on spreading out the funds a little bit more and just forgoing Ronaldo, because if he doesn't play as well, he's it's just a sinkhole. It's just a 12 and a half million pound sinkhole that you can't avoid. Um, and that might lead you to transferring it, him in or, or transferring him out once again. And it just is a very complicated situation. So I've been Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Oh man. I didn't know that guy played FPL. He must be good. Well, I'm going to go a different way. I actually think that Ronaldo would not be my first choice for the reasons you mentioned, because he is so expensive and he is scoring at a regular rate, but I think that it's going to be hard to get the returns commensurate with his price. So my pick and the guy who I think is the standout man United player to get at this point in the season is Delo. And I think he's a great pick because he's under 3% owned and he's 4.5 million to bring him in right now. So every single FPL manager can make a move to bring in this guy. I think he is for sure going to be locking down Juan Basaka's spot as a wingback in the new system under Ragnick because he can pass and he is more offensive minded than Juan Basaka is. Obviously, that's giving up a little bit in the clean sheet defensive department, but I think that's a risk you are willing to take uh, considering the offensive firepower that's on United. So I think that's a really interesting and easy move for FPL managers to consider. And when I look at those fixtures, Wolves and Brighton are teams that have trouble scoring goals. So I look at that right there and that's, that to me is, is at least six points as a floor. I think they're getting a clean sheet in one of those matches. And so I could see big things coming from a differential darling like Delo in a potential double game week that features some of those teams. Yeah, Bucks, I'm currently sitting on two Chelsea defenders and their fixtures are about to turn and they might have some blank game weeks coming up and it just gets a lot trickier. So downgrading one of my Chelsea defenders on that double up to Delo is a very good way to open up some funds that I can redistribute elsewhere on my squad. So that is something I'm actively considering and uh, great to hear that you back Delo as well. Yeah, I love that. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll dive into our transfer plans and captaincy selection, and then we'll get out of here so the listeners can get on with their day and stop stressing about FPL. And we're back. The last segment of today's episode, we're going to go through our transfer plans and captaincy. Bucks, I know you've taken three consecutive hits, something that you, if you check the previous episodes you were going to have a little bit more patience this year but have gone through a bit of addiction here are you going to be able to kick the habit this game week and avoid a hit uh, that's certainly the plan i am uh, hoping to go cold turkey and not take a hit or really make any transfers uh at this moment in time i oh, have bucks bucks i can see you i can see you visibly shaking here i, have, I can see happy. you just holding yourself uh, cold turkey wow that's gonna be not not making any moves that is a complete 180 of the last uh, three game weeks yeah exactly and uh it's gonna be especially difficult because i have 2.8 million uh sitting in the bank right now so i have a lot of uh potential trans yeah these transfers are staring me in the face and they're saying just just make one, just, just bring me into your squad. And uh, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to resist. So uh, I'm hoping to just go into game week 19 with a fully fit and playing starting 11. If, if I can achieve that, 
then I'm just going to hopefully roll my transfer and kind of, uh, you know, not worry about missing out on potential points. I, I just need to have a full team at this point in time. I've, I've gone two straight game weeks um, with really missing sig significant portions of my squad. So that's pretty frustrating. And in order to potentially shake it up, uh, a move that I am rating and thinking about right now is captaining Trent Alexander-Arnold over Salah uh, as they face off against Leeds. Um, you know, full disclosure to our listeners, uh, I might chicken out on this move because it is differential and Salah is currently the best player in FPL by a wide margin. However, TAA is getting bonus points at an absurdly high rate. So that could be yep. a way for him to make up ground and for me to get a couple free cheeky points um, on Mo Salah captainer. So that's where I stand right now. I'm outside the top 100K. So I, I need to be a little more ambitious in the style of play that I am using for FPL. Bucks, I think going with the Trent captaincy is it's viable, but I love Salah off of a blank, you know, not having any goal involvements. I think he's going to be thirsty. And we've seen this Leeds team give up 11 goals in their last two matches. And uh, that just has a get right moments written all over it for Salah. So interesting to see that you're going to be going cold turkey, potentially, you know, looking at your team. I mean, I, my eyes can barely recognize the little screen that I'm looking at because I have so many playing active players. You know, now, that, that, don't that jinx is, it. Uh, don't jinx it. That's true. That's true. You were shouting that there might be some potential uh, games canceled. Let's pray that that doesn't happen. But uh, I love the ability of, again, trying to plan for these potential double game weeks that are coming up. You're going to want to have an extra transfer in hand as often as possible. So, um, and looking at our teams to bring in and shake things up, it always helps to roll the transfer if you've got a playing bench. And now that we've gone through a few game weeks where people have been fielding like, you know, eight, nine, 10 men, I think getting a two pointer off my bench is going to be fine. So I need, I need that valuable transfer stacked so I can make whole scale changes across my team. So I'm looking at keeping my 1.3 million in the bank, burning a hole in my pocket um, and standing next to you in on, on fire um, and trying to not do any moves. So that's, that's where I'm at and solid captaincy all the way. It's uh you said a word before uh, playing bench. I, I don't really understand. I, I'm, I'm all about having a deep squad in, in, in my strategy and my approach to the FPL game. And I'm just, uh, I'm looking at another game week potentially with four or five players, uh, not even having a match. So, uh, oh, say it ain't so. Say yeah. It ain't so. Uh, plans be damned COVID, uh, you know, it makes a reality that is, uh, not favorable to the FPL game, let alone the premier league in general. So with that, we're hoping for the best. We're hoping for a return to double green arrows for both Brian and I and green hours from you as well, the listener. And we appreciate you checking in week after week and listening to our podcast. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe on whichever podcast host service you use and follow us on social media at FPL Blues Podcast. I'm going to sign off here. I'll let the final close go to the top manager on the pod. Brian, why don't you say bye to our listeners? Thank you for allowing me this moment in time. I had a speech all prepared, but uh, I don't want to use all my words this time. I want to save those words for end of season top manager of the pod. That's, that's all that matters, Bucks, right? So we got a lot of game weeks ahead of us and uh, wishing everybody out there a safe and 
enjoyable, festive fixture, enjoy the time with your family. I'm actually going to be taking a few podcast episodes off. I'm heading out of the country. So Bucks will be coming solo or maybe with a guest in the next couple episodes. Boxing Day. Let's get it, Bucks. Merry Christmas, everyone. And let's have a safe and joyous celebration uh, filled with Premier League matches and family. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you.